are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Uh, good morning, y'all. Thanks so much. Well, I'm excited to share today. Just... uh I asked the Lord a few weeks ago, I was like, God, what do you want me to speak on? You know, I don't do many things off the cuff, so I just have to kind of sit on it for a couple of weeks. And I felt him tell me he wants me to share on hope this week. And so I've just been sitting in it, sitting with him in this wrestle, <laughs> had some issues pop up that I'm like, oh, I, I don't even have hope about that. And you want me to speak about hope? That's that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what I'm supposed to speak on. <laughs> and I kind of meander back and forth for a minute. I'm like, nope, he told me to talk on hope. <laughs> okay, he has a plan in this. So, you know, I've just been feeling the conviction that the people of God are those who should be carrying the most hope. And and he is, he is our hope. He is who our hope is anchored in. And so I've just been in this personal wrestle even with, okay, I'm, I'm lacking hope around that. Okay, God, what are you revealing that's going on inside of me? Because our world is craving for hope. There's a diet rich in fear that is just being fed to anyone and everyone to, that listens. You know, you turn on the radio, you turn on Instagram, you open your Facebook. You're like, if I'm looking for hope, it's a little harder to find than I wish it was. And that is our role. <laughs> we are to be brokers of hope. And so uh, he is the hope for this world. He is who our anchor is in. And I love um, in Matthew, it says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. And it's Matthew 12, 21. And the Passion Translation says, and the fame of his name will birth hope among the people. Can we have hope birthed amongst us? <laughs> and the fame of his name will birth that hope. So hope, it's tangible. I believe it's a substance. This week, I'm talking with Vanessa, and we were both just contending for a friend in prayer. We're just, we're going after healing for him. And she looks at me and she's like, he is going to be okay. He is going to be so healthy. He's going to be made whole. And it was as if some tangible substance, I grabbed it. And I was like, you have that hope. Like I, like I was able to jump on that hope with her and partner with that hope. It felt like something tangible. It felt like I could reach out and make it mine. It carried a power. It was fueled by her belief like she had been stewarding that belief, like, oh, God's our healer. He'll heal him. He's going to heal him. And it just, there was power on her words because that belief felt so grounded. Um, and I felt my spirit just leap, which felt like, oh, there's this true hope that's just, that I'm just getting to share. Uh, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and hope in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So God, 
We just receive your power from your Holy Spirit that we may be the ones who are abounding in hope. Let us, let us look ridiculous with the level and measure of hope that we carry. God, let us be, let us be your arms and feet and just display, display your splendor, display your hope. Let the world that's crying out and hungry and longing for hope see something that we carry, see our anchor that's in you, see you as the hope of the nations. Let your fame birth hope within us. Let it birth within us. Let it come like a tangible substance. (laughs) Let people grab hold of it in our midst. Let we just be a mo- let us model your hope to a hungry generation. Mm, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jesus. So I've been feeling this call of the Lord to increase in hope. Like He is the hope of the nations. How can we increase in this hope? Bill Johnson says that our relationship with God, it keeps us positioned to be people of hope. We celebrate answers before they come. And I loved what Jen was sharing about Jesus uh, breaking the bread and the fish and and giving Thanksgiving. Because I think Thanksgiving is such a key to hope. There's this famous saying that says, what you have now was once among the things you only hoped for. I'm living in a home that I once hoped for. I'm married to a man I once hoped to be married. I have three little children loud in my house and wild and crazy because I once hoped for that life. So we're living in a life of of which we once hoped. And so can my thanksgiving bring me to a place of hope? Because, oh, he's done it before. He's going to do it again. Can that Thanksgiving affect my belief system? Can I anchor myself in the fact that, oh, he's our provider. He's provided before. He'll do it again. He provided manna. He'll do it again. He's just, he provided the home. He'll do it again. He gave me that answer to prayer when I had no job. He'll do it again. Like, he is stirring up and building up the belief within us of who he is if we allow it to. And I think when we, when we pause to be thankful, it reminds us and grounds us in it. In Exodus, it says, Exodus 33, it says, your ways form my belief. And just when we start meditating on his ways, it just grounds us more. When I meditate on Jesus walking through the cities and people touching his his outfit (laughs) and being healed, I'm like, oh, he's the healer. Okay, that what does it look like for people that were seeking a miracle? They came to him and he had the answer. He was the miracle. Can I meditate on that? Can it stir up within me a belief that Oh, he's the healer yesterday, today, forever. When I start 
stirring it up, it increases my belief. Lately, I've been going after more testimonies. Like, I want to hear them. I want to hear them. If you have testimonies, we want to hear them because it stirs up our belief. It actually builds up our spirit that he's done this before. I want him to do it again. And so that is a way to increase our hope as we build this belief and build this testimony within us. Um, I think of him, you know, with the Israelites. He's just dropping manna. <laughs> They're eating for days. He, he provided day after day after day. Can I just sit with that and meditate on that? When, when we start thinking and talking higher than our circumstances, hope comes. And it's not... It's not saying the fish and the loaves are enough for the 5,000. It's saying God's enough for the 5,000. His abundance is enough for the 5,000. What I believe is evidenced by what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth show where my, where my belief is, is grounded in. I, when, I'm, when I'm just filling myself with the testimony of his healing nature, I am asking him for healing for my friend. Like, I am going after it because I'm like, I know that you're here to do this. I want to set my beliefs and my language, my talking, higher than what I see around me. If I believe that we can be debt-free, I start I start speaking it and changing my actions into, oh, this is so possible. He's done it before. I, I change how I, I pray. I change my expectations. I set, like, even if my circumstances look very impossible, oh, no, 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 this is our portion. I change what I'm pulling on from heaven. If I'm, our church is called to live in unity for reconciliation is part of our our portion it's part of our destiny it's part of our call to impact a city once i believe it i'm going to start pulling on it pulling pulling from heaven on that promise like unity's our portion we impact a city with our unity but until i believe it my words are just vain declarations like i want it to like be so embedded in me that hope is coming out of me like Vanessa's words, like he's going to be made well. I'm like, you're right. He's going to be made well. I can, I can pull on that. I can grab hold of that. That is a hope that's tangible. So I've been asking myself, when I look at areas in my life this week, I'm like, whew, I'm not seeing that with your eyes, Lord. I'm not seeing this circumstance with eyes of hope. And there's no condemnation there. It's an invitation. <laughs> okay, where do I need to, what needs to be changed in my belief system so that I look at that area differently? And it's an it's, it's a open invitation. I went and just sat by Lake Peachtree and I'm like, okay, God, how do you really think about this? Because the way I'm thinking doesn't reflect the way you're thinking about this. You know, I love the story of Joshua and Caleb. In Numbers 13, Moses, Moses hears the Lord, and the Lord says, Canaan is yours. Canaan is for the Israelites. 
the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites, send 12 men to go explore it. And so he sent one from every tribe. We all know the story, but it's worth repeating. So these men all go, and they spend 40 days just exploring this, this new area, this new land. And they're supposed to bring back fruit. And it says they brought back fruit between two men hung. Like, it was just massive fruit. And they come back, and they give their reports. Okay, so... We went to the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are very powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Okay, all that's so true. (laughs) Skip a few verses. And Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. He was grounded in the fact that God told Moses, hey, this is your land. I didn't lead you here for nothing. We, this is the land for the Israelites. And then the other 10, they started saying, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread a bad report. <laughs> they said, the land devours those living in it. <laughs> All the people we saw are giant. They're of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Okay, that's not a truth. (laughs) They weren't this small of a grasshopper compared to giant humans. They interpreted it that way, and that's where they put their belief in. It was true. The city was fortified. There were strong armies. We're not denying the truth. We're living and grounded in a reality. And Caleb chose the reality that said, Oh, God promised this land to us. This is actually ours. We can go and take it, even though it's fortified, even though there's strong men. So I think we can take this to our own life. I, uh, I, Blake, Blake Healy and I, we took a lap, you know, half moon walk around the lake a couple of weeks back. And he gave me a prophetic word. And he said, hey, Lauren, you've been... You've been looking for breakthrough in this area. And the Lord said that if you partner with him in three months, I think you're going to have the breakthrough you've been going after, which is awesome because I've been, you know, I've been going after this. And, uh, and so there's two ways I can listen to that word. I can listen to it like Blake. Blake's my friend. <laughs> you know, I drop my kids off at his house. We, you know, we go camping once in a while with our families. That's, that's, a, that's encouraging, Blake. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Or I can listen to it like, Blake's a prophet, and he just declared over my life that in three months, I'm going to have a breakthrough over this anxiety that I've been fighting with, and, and I can have a breakthrough and more freedom. And I was, now, it's, same, it's the same words. <laughs> it's the same report. Am I listening to the... 10 spies, like, that's encouraging, I guess, okay. Or am I listening to it like Caleb and Joshua who said, oh, that's a word. Like the Lord said, you're going to conquer Canaan, and it's a land for the Israelites. And I'm going to partner with it and say, oh, Blake, a prophet of the Lord, he said that there's going to be breakthrough in three months. Like, that's my portion. 
so we can we can look at I mean there's not much different it was said the same way <laughs> the the Israelites the 12 spies they saw the exact same thing they brought back the exact same fruit so where was their hope lying in what was it lying in can I partner my hope with what he's saying and what he's doing even above the circumstances so I feel the Lord just, I feel like he's doing something with our hearts in this season. And I felt it last week in worship. I think most of y'all were here. Um, and this verse I've always held close is Proverbs 4.23. And it's guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And at the end of the service, like, we, Dan had a vision of, God just adjusting our hearts and like the master craftsman, like just little tweaks and little changes. And he said, more can happen in a worship service if you allow the Lord to work than, than can happen in, in all the other works, you know. And I felt him, I felt the Lord adjusting our heart position. And so... Uh, I would ask, and, I, and really the Lord, like I said, I've just invited the Lord to do a work in me. Like I'm, I'm like wrestling with this message and, and the Lord, you know, he just showed me another thing. So about a week and a half ago, uh, Dan, myself, and Kristen are walking through the building. So Kristen Hale is our new children's pastor and children's director. And, and so we were, yeah, she's a gift to our kids, you guys. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we're walking through the building, and she's never seen the children's wing. You know, she's just seen it from afar. And so Dan and myself and I are giving her the grand tour. Like, okay, this classroom's for the babies, and this is this is where the nursing mothers are going to be. Here's the live video feed, and and here's this room, and look at the little tiny potties. I mean, like, you know, we're just giving her the whole the whole view, and uh, and she is looking at this building with like giant eyes. Look at that. Oh, that's going to work. Oh, we could do this. I'm so excited. Like, there is hope and expectation, like, bubbling out of her. Like, it was almost contagious. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and then me and Dan, who kind of been in, like, Dan's really been in the mix of it day to day. But we've been in the day to day for a few years. <sighs> So we're listening. So to Kristen, I mean, you know, the biggest eyes and the most excited facial expressions, like, and then there's us. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah. A lot of this, like, yeah, that's true. That's good. Okay. Like, <laughs> and I'm like watching this with this, like, you know, I'm watching myself and her in this moment. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, like, we're looking at the exact same child classroom, the exact same little bathroom, the exact same nursing mother's room, and I am, I'm just, oh, okay. Like, my heart had become hardened. <laughs> and it was so convicting <laughs> and wonderful at the same time, because he's a kind, you know, he just, he just does these little adjustments. And so I'm there, and looking at the same 
same little bathroom, and and I'm thinking, oh, I've let my heart become hardened. <laughs> you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick, <laughs> but longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I felt, you know, our experience with the building has been, you know, it's just, whew, it's all over the place. And, and you know, on, on staff, we're doing a lot of planning, ideating. Oh, this could be amazing. Pivot. <laughs> like, and then, oh, plan, ideate, get excited. Pivot. <laughs> like, it's been like the most pivoting season and adjusting season. And if I think of a, of a calloused heart, it reminds me, you know, I love to pull weeds. I actually absolutely love to pull weeds. <laughs> Only on beautiful grass, but I love it so much. <laughs> and so I can like pull one weed and I'll get like a little, little splinter on it. It's fine. It's no big deal. After like the 30th or 40th weed I pull, I like start forming major calluses. And the Lord was telling me, he's like, oh, calluses are just slight abrasions over and over and over and over again. And I found like, like one pivot on a building, yeah, no big deal, no big deal. But the, like the, the hardening of a heart happens over time. And you almost don't recognize it. Like, because it's like these little micro steps. You're like, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little hurt. Oh, my heart's a little more hurt. Oh, it's just a tiny bit more hurt. And, and I only saw it because I had this like stark contrast between Kristen, who was bright with hope, and my heart, who was like just kind of worn down. <laughs> and longing fulfilled is the tree of life. And so, but, uh, but hope deferred over time, you know, it makes your heart sick. And, and I was like, oh, like a callus, you know, it's just dead skin eventually grows over that, that abrasion and it just can't feel it anymore. And the Lord so much cares about a heart <laughs> that he wants it to be able to feel because he's speaking to it and he's, He's directing it and guiding it. And so I felt like it was a huge gift to be standing there seeing my heart from an outside perspective. Like, oh, because two years ago, I, I was looking at everything with like bright eyes and excitement. <laughs> and so he, you know, last week when we're singing and and Dan said, oh, I see a vision that God is adjusting our hearts. Like, we all have different stories and trajectories that have gotten us to where our heart position is at the moment. And so it all looks different to each of us. Like, my life is just here. So that's my, that's, that's one of my stories. But, but you know, sometimes, like, you notice a little pain will cause somebody, a person, a lot of pain. You're like, oh, I, I, I'm surprised that you responded that way. But I think it's their 30th little pain in the same way. And it's hardened their heart over time. And it makes so much sense when you look at it that way. Oh, your heart's calloused. Oh, his desire is that it's soft and tender. And he cares so much about the position of our heart. So I've asked the Lord, like, how do I return to a tender heart? 
Because if we're supposed to be <laughs> carrying the God of hope, <laughs> he lives in me. I, You know, all during worship, I'm just picturing myself as a little kid sitting on his lap and him saying, I'm the hope of the nations. I'm the hope of the nations. <laughs> I'm the hope of the nations. <sighs> My heart has to be soft enough to feel that. <laughs> it has to be soft enough to catch it from him. He, you know, that song we were singing, oh, this is when I wish I had Vanessa's voice. You know, let every heart come back to life, daughters of day and sons of light. Like, he's wanting our hearts to be alive and full and tender and malleable and adjustable and correctable and, like, he just, he's inviting us. Like, are we going to be discipled by him? <laughs> like, let him disciple my heart. But I don't think I'm going to let him if it's hard. <laughs> I've got no energy for that when it's hard. I don't even feel it. I don't hear it. Or it's just already, it's already calloused over enough that I'm like, mm, I don't care. <laughs> Can we return to a place of a tender heart? I think it's like peace. You know when you lose your peace, you have to like kind of go back and retrace your steps until you find it again. <laughs> like, oh, I lost it when my dog chased my cat and cornered her. <laughs> yeah, that's when I lost my peace. Okay, okay. What did it feel like right before that? Um, and so I think it's like a tender heart. Like, oh, God's, my portion is a tender heart. What did that feel like? Because sometimes we just forget how it felt. But, you know, I, you feel it in worship sometimes. You're like, oh, the sweetness of the Lord. Oh, I just feel his tender nearness, you know. Like, I think going back, remembering that feeling, <laughs> reminding ourselves, oh, that's what it's like. That's my portion. Because I have to guard it. I have to protect it. I don't want it to be calloused. And Leif, right after Dan shared the vision last week, he got up and he said, I see the Lord with a key unlocking our hearts. And he said, it's time to forgive. It's time to cast off shame, fear, and guilt. It's time to forgive yourself and love yourself. <laughs> it's such a powerful exercise to just talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend and not like you talk to yourself. <laughs> Would you ever say that to yourself or to your friend, Lauren? No. <laughs> so I am partnering <laughs> with Leif, an apostolic father in our house, who sees a key unlocking our hearts. And he says, forgive yourselves. <laughs> it's time to forgive. It's time to cast off shame. It's time to cast off guilt. It's time to cast off fear. Yeah, so Forgive yourself and love yourself well. Talk nicely to yourself. Because there's an invitation to let every heart come back to life. Because <laughs> out, of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if my heart is healthy, the words and the beliefs that I have grounded it in are going to start coming out. 
From it flow the wellspring of life. From it flows the hope of the nations. From it flows the anchor that we are in Jesus. Oh, who's the hope of the nations? You are. Can we birth that hope? It says, the fame of his name will birth hope among the people. Can I fill my heart (laughs) just so grounded and so anchored in who he is and what his nature is and what, what his ways are? And then can we let our heart be healed so that we can because I think healing our heart is not a one-time thing. It's, I mean, I'm going to go pick weeds next week. <laughs> I might have another callus. And so it's, there's no condemnation there. It's an invitation. So there's an invitation to even, I think so much of our hardening of hearts comes from lack of forgiveness, <laughs> offense, hurt. Little minor, minor, minor abrasions, minor pains. But you just magnify that over and over, which is why we're letting him disciple us over and over again and letting him say, ah, you got to adjust that heart position. <laughs> oh, you're not, have, you're not full of hope for this situation. But I see that hope in Vanessa, and I'm like, oh, that's our portion. Okay, I see that. I can adjust. <laughs> and I can also pull on hers. Like I, I, can, I can borrow from your hope for a minute. <laughs> I, can, I can partner with that faith. And, then, and I felt it shift. I'm like, okay, there's a shift. You're right. <laughs> He's going to be made whole. He's going to be well. There's going to be healing. That's our portion. That's who he is. That's who God is. He's our healer. Okay, if y'all will stand, I just want us to pray together. I want to speak this verse over us. And I would ask you to ask the Lord. He's so kind. He speaks often. <laughs> ask him, where's my heart became hardened? Where's it become hardened? There's been a lot of circumstances the last year and a half. A lot of potential for hurt. Lord, I just ask that you bring to mind areas that our heart has become hardened. Father, you're the kindest man we know. Your conviction is sweet. Your heart is for ours to just adjust. Your invitation is for our hearts to just just heal so that we can be the bringers and bearers of hope, that we can broker hope to a world that's starving for it. So as you're thinking about that area in your heart that maybe is hardened, I want you to ask the Lord if there's an area or a person that you need to forgive. And I want you to forgive yourself for any shame you feel, any guilt you feel, any fear you feel around that. 
Do you talk to yourself <laughs> like you're, you're like you're talking to your best friend? Father, we just love your correction. <laughs> we love making adjustments for you, Father. God, I thank you for that key that Leif saw unlocking our hearts. I thank you for the words of those songs that let every heart come back to life. Because an alive heart is one that's abounding in hope because it's anchored in you. God, I thank you that in worship last week and even now you are adjusting hearts. You're making just small adjustments to make us moldable and make us tender. We just thank you that you're the God of hope. We thank you for the joy and the hope that we get in believing. God, we just pray that we are people that are just full, abounding in hope. That we are the people of God that bring the answer, that bring the tangible hope to everyone we encounter. God, we invite you to just <laughs> move in us, move in our hearts. Lord, help us to be the most tender-hearted of people that are so welcome to your correction, to your adjusting, to your gaze, to your eye. Yeah. Hmm. And Lord, we just repent for allowing our heart to become hardened. Lord, I repent. I repent for it taking a building walkthrough to see my hardened heart. <laughs> I repent for letting it get hardened without realizing it. Lord, I want to be the most hope-filled believer. I want to just be a, a broker of hope. I want to, I want to just hand it away because I have an abundance of it. It's just overflowing out of me. Let us be those people, God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.